It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or all the other podcasting platforms out there. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Locked on Panthers. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. To participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me on Twitter at Julian Council or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. But first, of course, click that follow button at Julian Council over on Twitter.com. Come. The Panthers have wrapped up their fifth day of training camp up in Spartanburg. Is down from where I'm currently sitting here in Charlotte on Wofford College's campus. And the pads finally came on on Monday. And I talked about yesterday on the podcast, there were a few things that I wanted to see get answered with the pads finally coming on. Now, we weren't going to get those answers on Monday. We won't get the answers on Tuesday or on Wednesday or really any time this week as the Carolina Panthers don't play their first preseason game until August 13th, so 11 days' time. That's when we'll start getting answers. But really, things won't be solidified until probably after training camp and after the preseason and heading in to that game against the Cleveland Browns on September 11th at Uptown, at Uptown Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. There in week one, there's plenty of things that we want to know now, but we're just not going to know it. And that's why I kind of want to have a conversation with y'all. I don't want to kind of, I'm going to have a conversation with y'all about the offensive line and how it's sorting out as of right now. As I've said to y'all, I'm ecstatic about the fact that Carolina Panthers actually have options on the offensive line, that there is a real case of a real possibility that guys who started last year in Cam Irving and Pat Offline will be backups. And if they are backups on this team, that is a positive thing for the Carolina Panthers. You have guys who have shown in the past that they are capable of starting. Are they capable of being good starters? No, but they are capable of being a starter in the NFL, and really they're better suited to be spot starters. I think the Carolina Panthers have a situation where they have a very deep offensive line, which is not something that we could typically say about the Carolina Panthers offensive line unit over the last decade plus, it feels like. It's an annual issue that we have down here, and finally, it was addressed this offseason by Scott Fitterer when he went out and got Austin Corbett fresh off a Super Bowl that he won with the Rams. He went out and got Bradley Bozeman and then used the sixth overall pick to bring in Iki Aquanu out of NC State, the local Charlottean, to fix the hole there at left tackle that had been left pretty much empty and had been in a year-in conversation and concern since Jordan Gross retired fall into 2013 season. So what now, though? How are things actually stacking up? You look at right tackle, Taylor Moten, Matt Rule's already come out and said 
He's a mere starter at right tackle. Austin Corbett, starter at right guard. They paid him too much money, gave him a three-year deal. Clearly, that's going to be the case. But the other three positions are question marks. We've all assumed, myself included, that the way things will shape out will be at center, Bradley Bozeman, at left guard, Brady Christensen, and at left tackle, Iki Aquanu. But as of right now, the way things are shaping up on the left side of the offense line is Pat Elfline is at center, Michael Jordan is at left guard, and Brady Christensen is at left tackle. I'm seeing a lot of people act real ornery about this, and it's only August 1st or August 2nd, depending on whenever you're listening to this. Way too early to get caught up in what's happening on the offensive line. Now, I can understand the criticism that you would have about Sam Darnold receiving first-team reps when we know what Sam Darnold looks like, and we talked about this on yesterday's show. I tried to get inside the mind of Matt Rule and this organization and why they're still giving Sam Darnold an opportunity. I guess to me, it seems like they are hopeful that Sam can still be that guy, but they brought in someone in Baker Mayfield who they feel like can be a better option if he does, in fact, win the job. Either way, they're still going to give Sam Darnold an opportunity. With the offensive line, they like what they have in Ike Aquanu. They like what they have in guys like Cade Mays and Deontay Brown, who are not going to have expectations to be starters this upcoming season. They still like what they have in Pat Elfline, who performed better at center last year than he did at left guard, where he struggled mightily. And they're cool with having Cam Irving, a former first-round pick, who's traveled around from Cleveland to Dallas to Kansas City, and now here to Carolina, to be that swing tackle and someone who can come in in a pinch if you need him. Not someone you're going to rely on through a 17-game season, but someone, if you need him for a week or two, you might feel just okay with having him out there. And I understand that y'all want Iki Iquanu to be the week one starter. I want to be the week one starter as well. I do have my reservations, considering that Miles Garrett, who is one of the best defensive players in the league, is going to be right there, lined up right in front of him. Does that lead me to believe that Iki's going to have a great debut? No, not really, and I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just trying to be realistic. This is the NFL. He ain't playing the ACC anymore. This ain't Boston College. This ain't Syracuse. This ain't even Wake Forest. This is the National Football League. Ike Aquanu certainly acquitted himself quite well against Clemson and a team that's going to have a ton of dudes on the defensive line this fall that are likely going to be first- or second-round picks in next year's draft. So he knows how to play against that quality of talent. But none of those guys on Clemson have done what Miles Garrett has done so far in the National Football League. And, of course, they haven't had the opportunity. But I have a hard time believing that they're going to have that impact that Miles Garrett has had so far in the league whenever they get in. And even Jadavion Clowney, who has been fantastic at times. Now, he's never lived up to really the number one overall billing like Garrett. But he is someone that also is going to ask a lot of questions there in week one. Do you want a rookie to be the one having to answer those questions? Maybe you do. And I hope in time that will be the case. But for right now, like Matt Rule set you up for this back in in June during mandatory minicamp, basically telling you like, yeah, Icky's just not there right now. We got him. He's playing at a B minus level. We need to get him at an A level before he can be a starter in the NFL. And he mentioned more of that on Monday when he said that, you know, as a rookie, you've got to earn it. They're going to take the long view approach when it comes to figuring out these starting jobs. They don't have to have the answers to who's going to be the starting five today or tomorrow or next week. I mean, well, next week you don't want to know who's going to be when they line up, uh, I think, against Washington on the 13th. You'd like to know who the starting group will be. They know it's going to be Moten. They know it's going to be Austin Corbett. And then after that, 
from what I've been told, I was texting somebody who's been down there. I was wondering what's going on at the center position because I haven't heard very much about that. I've only really heard the angst that's been out there on Panthers Twitter about Aki Kwanu not running with the first team and only being with the second team, Brady Christensen, who y'all begged this team last year to play at left tackle. In a way, it is funny the amount of folks that were highly upset that Brady Christensen wasn't getting reps last year in Great argument that he probably should have gotten more. And James Campen, the new offensive line coach, talked about how he wished he could have seen Brady Christensen more at left tackle. He's certainly getting a great look at him right now through five days of training camp down there at Wofford. But for all the folks that were so upset about that are now upset that Brady Christensen is getting those reps over Ricky Aquanu. And the arm length thing that was an issue last year, it was always seemed dumb, especially when you compared him to the other guys that were out there at left tackle. Brady Christensen should have played more last year. Brady Christensen's going to have a starting spot on this offensive line. For the time being, it's at left tackle. For the long term, come week 10, even week 5, will he be the starting left tackle? I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Ikki Okwanu will finally find his way there. They just don't want to throw him out there immediately. They want the guy that have to earn his spot, which in theory, is great. I'm not too concerned about how that's going to shape up. When you look at the other options, Bradley Bozeman, who's getting more looks at center, is going to be the starting center. He's better than Pat Elfline. Michael Jordan, if anybody you want to be upset about being there in the starting five right now, I guess it would be him. I don't really see what they see in him. He didn't grade very highly last year, according to Pro Football Focus. Brady Christensen, Likely a better option at left guard. Even Iki Aquanu, a better option at left guard. And Iki's not getting any reps at all at left guard. It's only at left tackle. Even Cam Irving is now backing up at right tackle. He's not getting any left tackle reps. They are clearly trying to get Iki up to speed and ready to go whenever that's going to be. It will be at some point this season. I don't think it's going to be late on in the season. I think it will still be very early in the season when they call upon Iki to be the starting left tackle. Will it be week one against Cleveland? I don't know. Would I be upset if he's not the guy there? Not really, as long as he's at least the guy there at left guard. But they're not playing him at left guard. So it seems like we're going to have to wait a little bit before Kiyakuanu even gets that opportunity. But again, it's very early in training camp. Take a deep breath. Nothing to really get all that upset about. You should be happy that there are actual options on this roster when last year, there were no options except for bad options aside from the man playing right tackle in Taylor Moten. The Panthers have a good offensive line situation. It's going to work itself out. It just takes time, and I get it. You don't trust Matt Rule. I don't really blame you, but let it play out. The cream always rises to the top. At least I hope that's the case here in Carolina. All right, so we also have the quarterback competition going on. Heard from Baker, heard from Sam Darnold, and also heard from Matt Rule and Matt Corral about that on Monday. But there's a return of a player that we were a little bit concerned about last week, but now we can all, again, take a sigh of relief that J.C. Horn is back. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Y'all, if you haven't tried to build bar puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's now a new flavor. You ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to a new fan favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. 
Built Bar sends me a ton of these all the time to sample before I even give these reads out to y'all. And this is by far the best one I have ever had since Built has been sending me their bars. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run. Don't walk to Built.com right now to snag a box for you and your family. It'll be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourself. Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, I don't think there should be angst when it comes to the offensive line position. At the end of the day, it's going to be Taylor Moten at right tackle. Right girl will be Austin Corbett. Bradley Bozeman will beat out Pat Elfline for the center spot at left guard. You'll have options of Brady Christians and Michael Jordan and Pat Elfline. The best option is going to be the third rounder out of last year from BYU and Brady Christensen, and then eventually in due time. Don't know when it's going to be, but it will be sometime this season, and I don't expect it to play out like last year with Brady Christensen. Iki Aquano will be the starting left tackle. The expectations for Iki are a lot different. They know he's their guy. They are excited to see him in pads. And he put somebody on the ground on Monday. Not necessarily what you want to see. You want to see the aggressiveness. But you also don't want to see any of your teammates on the ground there in, man, in, in um, training camp. But that's why he's here. To set the tone. He's going to get an opportunity to set the tone week in and week out here in Carolina for the long haul. This is, And when Matt Rule talked about this being a long view approach, it's not just a long view of training camp. It's also like, yeah, we drafted Icky sixth overall. The dude's a stud. He's going to be the starting left tackle. Just let him earn it first. That's what we're trying to do. We're not just going to try and hand it to him. He is still a rookie. This still is the NFL. We got to see Miles Garrett week one and Jadavion Clowney. We want this man to earn it first before giving it to him. And even if they gave Icky the job, am I concerned about Icky being ready to go and having the right mentality come week one? No, I'm not concerned about that at all. The Panthers, though, just want to, you know, bring him along as slow as they can. Now, it's different with Matt Corral. They're going to actually bring Matt Corral along slowly. With Icky, they're going to throw him out there. They just want to make sure he's ready to go. And if he's not ready to go, they want to make sure they have a good backup option, that being Brady Christensen having to kick out the left tackle. But once Icky's ready to go, he'll be there at left. Brady will be there at left guard. Bradley at center. Austin Corbin at right guard. And at right tackle, Taylor Moten. And the Panthers will have one of the best offense lines, you know, fingers crossed, as long as they stay healthy, that they've had in a long time down here in Carolina. So be happy about that. Don't get too caught up on what's going on in the O-line competition. It's going to sort itself out. They brought these dudes in for a reason, not to go back out there and to start Michael Jordan again and to start Pat Elfline again. They didn't do that. They didn't bring in Corbin, who's good. They didn't bring in Bozeman, they didn't bring in Nicky Aquanu to not have those two guys starting. They just have to make them go earn the job first, and they know that they will. That's the expectation. So take a deep breath real quick. As far as the quarterback situation that's going on, not much to update on Monday. 
Baker Mayfield saying he's getting more comfortable in the offense, which you would expect. It's only the second week he's been out there. It's five practices that he's been out there and worked with the guys finally in pads. He was with the twos on Monday. will be with the ones again on Tuesday. Sam Darnold was on with the ones on Monday. will be with the twos, of course, on Tuesday. As he continue to flip-flop, you can question why they're doing that. I tried to go with the all yesterday and – you know, it is what it is at this point in time. And that's they, they continue to get asked about the quarterback situation and just the rotations, and both those guys just answer, there's nothing really you can do. You got to go out there, make the most out of your, your reps, and see what happens. And as far as reps go, one player that is – and we haven't yet to hear from P.J. Walker, if that lets you know anything about where he stands uh, here in Carolina. Because we heard from the last couple years, especially last season, we ain't hearing from P.J. Walker anymore. So if you were, if you were wondering about P.J. Walker – and where he stands in his organization, very clearly the odd man out. And hopefully the Carolina Panthers, like I mentioned yesterday, can get some sort of compensation for him as he's proven to be a quality or capable backup when he's been called upon the last two seasons here in Carolina to start a game. But Matt Corral was really talking about how, I guess he was asked by Will Kunkel of uh, Queen City News, a uh, Fox station here locally, that's now, I guess, the uh, the home for the Panthers. If you guys ever check them out, they, they're going to do a great job. Have this, uh, Charlotte Sports Live been on there a couple times. Love the work that they're doing over there um, with that station. But either way, he was asking Matt Corral about whether it was fair. It was just the amount of snaps that he's gotten. That was one of the conversations that we had last week with Sam Darnold. Not talking about whether it's fair, but whether it's just. And he believes that's the case. And Matt Corral's like, I'm a rookie. I got to earn my way. He did say last week that. Had he had to choose again, he would not have taken the easy ride at Ole Miss, and now he's coming here with the uh, the mentality that he's going to try and compete for the job. The problem is he ain't competing for the job right now. <laughs> That's just not, it's not happening because Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are getting the reps at the ones and the twos. Like, that's what's happening. Matt Corral, though, is getting the scraps, and it's unfortunate, but Matt, but Matt Rule talked about, though, they're going to get him opportunities out there in the preseason. I don't really know what it looks like. Just based off of I me, mean, I guess he'll definitely play the fourth quarter. We know that. I mean, maybe PJ gets some fourth quarter time as well. Don't know what good that does at all as far as Matt Corral's development. And um, that could only get PJ hurt. I don't know. But um, I don't know what it's going to look like as far as when you get to the first game with Baker and Sam and how many how many snaps they're going to play in the preseason. Because typically, when you have your starter like last year, you don't play him at all. You might, you might play him a little bit in the second game. You'll play him there in the third game. He doesn't play in the fourth game. And in some places, um, like in L.A., you're not going to see Matt Stafford at all. And that worked out just fine for the Rams as they won the Super Bowl last year. Not the same situation here in Carolina. They need to see both these guys out there in live action. So we'll be curious to see what happens with Matt Corral once he gets that opportunity. Uh, but one thing I'm happy, to, though, to see is that J.C. Horn was back as he was removed from the pup list, a physically unable to perform list on Monday and was back out there at practice, only participated in individual drills with the cornerback room and then was on the stationary bike the rest of the time which makes a lot of sense. The Panthers aren't going to throw him out there into the fire. I get the pads are on. It's a great day that he's out there. He's excited about it. They're not going to put him out there and rush things. They're going to let this take time. One of the things about training camp, you have competition, you want to figure out jobs. You really know for the most part who's going to be your 53-man roster. There might be six or seven guys fighting for the final three spots or whatever, but for the most part, you know who you have. You want to stay in shape. You want to get your installs in. You want to stay healthy. Those are what's re- that's what's really most important during this period of time. And keeping J.C. Horn healthy is what the Panthers are concerned about. Last week, they might not have had to put him on the pup list, but they decided after the soreness, during, after last week's conditioning test, that the best thing for J.C. and for the organization and the player who's their asset was to sit him out, give him some time to rest that first week, and then now bring him along slowly and then have him ready at some point in time, of course, to play 
in the preseason. Now, what will his preseason reps look like? He didn't play a preseason game la- one last year as he was already penciled in as a starter, which is rare that a rookie doesn't get that opportunity. And for someone who only played in like two preseason games last year, and I think really the second game against Baltimore was only like one defensive series. Is that what they played? And then after that, they had the dress rehearsal, and then, and then he was shut down. He didn't play a lot of football last season. So you would like to see him out there once they do get the preseason. You want to keep him healthy. That's important. But you would like to try and you know get him back to some sort of game speed once they get into those situations. But, uh, but sitting him out, it was more of a muscular issue um, than a bone issue. As we know, he broke his foot last year. It's the same foot that's that's injured. And I didn't really want to alarm, raise the, or ring the alarm bells last week. I, I told you I wasn't doing that. It just was concerning just knowing what we dealt with Cam Newton back in 2019 with his foot injury and thinking that, hey, he would be back eventually. And then we never saw Cam again until this past season where he was signed midweek prior to the Arizona game. And it was a diminished version of what Cam used to be here in Carolina when he was at the height of his powers as the MVP back in 2015. With J.C. Horn, I was just concerned because he's a young player, has talent. He's incredibly important for this defense. I know they signed Duke Dawson the other day. He's still incredibly important for this defense. He's going to be your number one corner. You need to have him healthy. Glad he's back out there. We'll see how things move the next couple of days and where the Carolina Panthers really get him out there um, in those 11-on-11 drills and have him having any sort of contact or if they're going to try and be safe with them. And one thing that did have me a little bit surprised was Christian McCaffrey. I had asked, you know, they got this approach with Christian where, you know, they want to keep him healthy and they're going to limit the amount of times he's out there practicing because I don't think he practiced on Saturday um, during the back together Saturday event that they had at Gibbs Stadium, which unfortunately was in the middle of the day instead of at 7 o'clock like it typically is under the lights there at the stadium there at Wofford, which is unfortunate for a lot of fans who probably didn't get to go um, because of the rain. But either way, it didn't even rain on Saturday. Um, But whatever. Um, But as far as like with Christian, I was surprised that they even let people touch him just based off of – you need this guy in your offense, and you're going to allow anyone to even touch it. Like he wasn't getting tackled, but even just a, a fingernail on Christian McCaffrey, I was surprised to see there on Monday. Now, the biggest news in the NFL on Monday was that the investigation into Deshaun Watson, the suspension handed down by the arbitrator uh, Sue Robinson, I believe is her name, was handed. Deshaun Watson will be suspended for six games. And as we know, the Carolina Panthers face the Browns week one. What does that mean now for Carolina as they enter in a game? I think that might now be you better win it or else. We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've all been waiting for months to find out what was going to happen with now Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson after he faced a multitude, I believe 22 civil cases uh, against him alleging sexual assault and misconduct when re- receiving massages. We talked about it ad nauseum as the Carolina Panthers back in March were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and were unable to get the services of the quarterback as he told him that he was not interested in coming to Carolina. As we found out, it came down to money. 
who has the Cleveland Browns, gave Deshaun Watson a five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract, not knowing how many games he would play. Watson also picked up a couple more of the civil suits and was able to settle 20 of the 24, and there's still four of them outstanding as the NFL tried to figure out what they were going to do. Now, here's what's important to understand about this and the suspension process. The National Football League and the National Football League's Player Association have a, have a CBA, a Collective Bargaining Agreement. It's been a collectively bargained that they will have um, a independent investigator and someone that they'll have an arbitrator who will lay who will lay down the suspension or whatever punishment is going to be levied. They don't leave it into the commissioner's hands anymore. It's up to the arbitrator. So they get the facts from both sides, and then that's when the suspension is handed down. As we saw on Monday, it's six games. Feel about that however you want. I know there's going to be plenty of people who are upset about it. going to be plenty of people, whether they like it or whether they don't like it, whether they think it's too much, whether they think it's too little. We're not going to necessarily have that conversation here because that's just not something I'm really interested in. Now, Matt Rules asked about it, about you know their interest in Deshaun Watson, and he said that everything was first class when it came down to pursuing Deshaun Watson, which is hilarious considering everything he was accused of and why were you interested other than the fact he's a great football player. And the only reason he's not really here in Carolina is that they didn't want to guarantee his contract, more so than the Carolina Panthers were concerned about the things that Deshaun Watson was accused of. Now, I understand criminally all that was cleared up, and the court of law, that's fine. I mean, that's for a lot of people, that's just that's good enough for them. For a lot of folks who look at the facts of what's else, what, what happened, and also know the history of how some of the things play out, still they might not be happy about how everything panned out with Deshaun Watson. As far as it concerns the Carolina Panthers, Josina Anderson of CBS Sports was down there trying to ask Baker Mayfield about that. And he said, I'm paid to play football here in Carolina. I'm not commenting on that. Uh, Sam Darnold's like, yeah, I guess I heard it was going to be six games or whatever. That was kind of the rumors the last couple of weeks. He didn't have much to say about it. And, of course, Matt Rule didn't really want to say anything about it at all. We're moving on past that. And we basically moved on past it. The only importance we have here in Carolina, as far as it goes with Deshaun Watson not being available, whether he gets appealed or not, he ain't going to play week one. He's not going to travel here to Charlotte week one. The Panthers are going to see Jacoby Brissett. It's going to be Baker Mayfield in the revenge game of the century versus – Jacoby Brissett, and that sets up perfectly, in my opinion, for Baker. It's like, all right, Browns, you are the adult in the room. Well, that adult in the room was accused of all these things. Y'all didn't care. You gave him all that money anyways, and now he's suspended for six games, and potentially the NFL, who wanted a full year and an indefinite suspension, he could be out for the whole season. But hey, Browns, that's what you wanted. You signed up for that. You didn't want me around. Yeah, things might not have always been rosy, the last year with me in the locker room, whether it was with the head coach and some of the players, but I went out there and I was for the most part a law-abiding citizen. Didn't have any issues off the field. You might not have loved my personality and all that, and yeah, I played injured last year. Might not have. You might not be sure about me long term, but I'm actually available. Unlike the guy that you have now, you get Jacoby Brissett out here. Who everywhere, everything I've ever heard about Jacoby Brissett, people love him. Teammates love him. Played hard in New England. Played hard in Indianapolis. Hasn't turned out to be a long-term starting quarterback. He's a solid starter, and the Browns have enough belief in him that they're ready to start him for the next or the first six games at least this upcoming season. But Baker Mayfield's going to look at that. It's like, okay, that's your guy. You think that guy's better than me? You think the situation that you put yourself in is better than the situation that you had with me? Maybe in the end, but that's going to only fuel Baker Mayfield. He didn't want to answer that question. I don't, I don't really blame him. What What is he going to say uh, about – what's going on in Cleveland that 
really matters to him or anyone else. Like, it doesn't really matter what he thinks about the situation. All he's going to do is focus on being ready, winning the job, which he should, and going out there and torching the Browns come week one. So for the Panthers, Jacoby Brissett being out there, and we've we've kind of expected that for the whole time. I don't think anyone out there, I don't know what percentage of people out there expected that Deshaun Watson would be available to actually play week one. I think it would be a very low percentage, if not just at 0% overall. We've been expecting Jacoby Brissett. There was a talk back before Baker got traded that maybe Baker stays on and, and reconciles, and that was never going to happen. As we see now, he's here in Carolina. Baker versus Jacoby, that is a game the Carolina Panthers should win. That is a game the Carolina Panthers need to win. They don't, they don't have to – it's not a must-win, but they need to win that game, especially when you look at the schedule against the rest of the AFC North where you got to go to Cincinnati, fresh out of the Super Bowl. That's not going to be easy. You have to play Pittsburgh at home, which is not going to be a home game just based off of how every Pittsburgh game ever here in Carolina or here in Charlotte is gone. And you have to play at Baltimore. Not an easy schedule. In Arizona, you have an opening where Kyler Murray apparently just got COVID after everything that's going on. Who knows what the whole clause, the homework clause or whatever it was, the independent study clause that was in his contract that got taken out, the drama there, how his feelings are about the organization. But Nuke Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins, is not going to play in that game. There are now openings early on in the, in the schedule for the Carolina Panthers to go out there and get wins against some teams at full strength, like Cleveland and like Arizona, the Panthers might not be favored against. Now, Carolina's dominated Arizona Cardinals the last couple of years. The Cleveland Browns, you can still question necessarily where they, they stand right now. When I look at it week one in a stadium where people should be fired up with Baker starting, just knowing what's going to be, the, of course, the storyline all week long when he wins the job and facing his old team. Yeah, there'll be plenty of Browns fans in that stadium, which should still be a Panthers home game. I hope. Please keep these Ohio people out of our stadium. That's going to be an exciting environment. And that is an environment at home where the Carolina Panthers need to win that game. And I, in my opinion, should win that game, now knowing that Jacoby Brissett is going up against this defense. Now, they run the ball well with Kareem Hunt and with Nick Chubb. And we'll find out very early whether the Carolina Panthers' defense is going to be better against the run. They were great against it early on last year, but they did not play a running game like Cleveland has there in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Come out there, play that game against Jacoby Reset, assert your dominance week one. That's the kind of start I expect for the Carolina Panthers. So now seeing as John Watson's absolutely not going to play week one, Carolina Panthers need to and should win that game over at Bank of America Stadium against the Cleveland Browns. All right, it's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network with your hosts, as always, me, Julian Council. Again, guys, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Hey, you can check out the show wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever that may be. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. To participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag, either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council over over on twitter.com in the meantime in the meantime excuse me uh be happy be safe be whole as always keep pounding and i'll talk to you all on wednesday is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.